Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I'm Rukmini and I'm a data journalist based in Chennai. Every night on this mini cast, I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I'm asking this question. How do we step up social welfare to prevent a poverty-driven spread of this epidemic? It's day 72 of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India and we are reporting 7529 cases with 242 deaths. Since the beginning of the lockdown, the stories pouring in from across the country of the immense hardship that the poor of this country are undergoing have been on all our minds and mine too. But I wasn't sure how to talk about it on this podcast because I thought I should remain focused on the health side of things. Obviously this was a false binary and this was really brought home to me when I saw that BBC Newsnight presenter Emily Maitlis's opening words that many of you might have seen. This is a health issue with huge ramifications for social welfare and it's a welfare issue with huge ramifications for public health. Of course they're related and I should have got to this sooner. So tonight I want to try to work towards solutions. what should we be doing to soften the ramifications both on human welfare and on public health well for one we could start by getting a clear picture of how many people we should be worrying about when the lockdown was first brought in i looked at the numbers on india's workforce for an article i did for mint that i've linked to intuitively you'd think that casual laborers are going to be worst hit that's 25% of rural households and 12% of urban households Then those seriously affected are the self-employed who make up about a third of urban households. This might sound like well-off people who run their own businesses and so are working from home comfortably, but that's really not the case. Most of the self-employed in urban areas are solo workers who work 55 to 56 hours a week and make around 15,000 a month. They are basically your vegetable vendors and your plumbers and others and they are home with no work either. And finally there's the 41% of urban workers who are classified as regular or salaried. But these are not stable jobs where the salary will come in even if you can't go to work. Over 70% of salaried employees in the non-agricultural sector had no written contracts. Over half are not eligible for any paid leave and nearly half are not entitled to any social security benefits including healthcare. Here's Rajeshwari, a garment mill welfare officer in Tamil Nadu's Dindigul district, talking about the situation in the mills at a discussion organized by the organization Praxis. நான் வந்து கார்மெண்ட்ஸ்ல வெல்ஃபேர் ஆபீசரா இருக்கேன். ஏ சைடு இருந்து இங்க இங்க பாத்தீங்கன்னா திண்டுகல் பொறுத்தளவு கிட்டத்தட்ட ஒரு 300 There are almost 300 mills in Dindigul district and people working in these mills are dependent on its functioning. Since the lockdown for almost a month mills have been closed due to this our livelihood is getting affected as the work has not happened and employees have not received salary even for the number of days they have worked during the previous month certain mills have provided salaries to their employees but with deductions made based on the number of days worked and not for the entire month other mills have not paid their employees with their respective salaries nor has any information pertaining to it been provided Such families entirely depend on their salaries as their income source and are now suffering to even get money for food. When the workers approached the mills there was no proactive response from the employers on when they will be paid and how much they will be paid. அப்படிங்கற எந்த ஒரு இன்ஃபர்மேஷனுமே இன்னும் வந்து அவங்க போய் சேரலன்னு தான் நான் சொல்லுவேன். 
the vast majority of this country works in low paying low security jobs and they are really struggling a cmi report indicates that unemployment has shot up those among them who are migrants are the ones who embarked on several hundred kilometer walks home facing not just hunger and the elements but also police brutality the organization jan sahas interviewed 3200 migrant construction workers in north india and found that 94% did not have the building and construction workers identity card which ruled out the possibility of getting any of the benefits that the central government promised from its 32000 rupee crore fund for building and construction workers this is actually a common problem reporting for news laundry the journalist anumeha yadav interviewed a young garment worker pinky devi in delhi as she stood in line for food being given out by an ngo ab kya bata rahe hain log ka nahi ration card hai ration card banwane jaate hain to matlab yahan ka bijli bil apna mangta hai aadhar card hai yahan ka aadhar card pan card khata sab hai yahan ka kitna saal se delhi reh rahe hain aap hum log 7 saal se Seven years in Delhi, she says, but she has still not been able to get a ration card. All of this is not just a nationwide attack on the human rights of the poor; it's also a public health nightmare. For one, these people are being forced in the middle of a pandemic to put themselves in harm's way, either while walking home or while lining up for food or benefits. Journalists have reported countless examples of people being harassed while trying to collect their benefits. From NDTV's reporter Anurag Diwari in Bhind in Madhya Pradesh comes this awful story. पांच से अच्छा किसने डाले थे मोदी फिर क्या हुआ आप निकालने गई थी क्या हाँ निकाले में गए आते बस बार पर गए थे पीछे पकड़ लिया गया गाड़ी मन कर रहे थे फिर क्या हुआ देखा है माँ बैठे रहे थे बैठे रहे थे और जब बाबर का था सिलो के चली गई थी हमें मन कर दे दस दस आ जाए कितनी जमानत पर छोड़ा गया आपको दस हजार जमानत पर हाँ, अच्छा तो आप क्या दोबारा जाएंगे पैसे निकालने के लिए हम नहीं जाएंगे क्यों नहीं जाएंगे आप अ ग्रुप ऑफ वेमेन वेंट टू विदड्रॉ द फाइव हंड्रेड रुपीज अनाउंस बाई प्राइम मिनिस्टर मोदी फ्रॉम देर जनधन अकाउंट एंड गॉट अरेस्टेड फॉर वायोलेटिंग सोशल डिस्टेंसिंग एंड रिलीज ओनली ऑन पेइंग टेन थाउजेंड रुपीज सेकेंडली इन दबसेंस ऑफ इजिली एक्सेबल वेलफेयर Migrants heading home run the risk of spreading the virus deeper into the country. So what do we do? Well, for one, this is not the time to ask for documents, which anyway exclude the poorest and most marginalized. Schemes have to be opened up to cover everyone, especially for food. Then the amounts are just too small. Five hundred rupees in women's accounts for a whole month is just shockingly little, and the government has to help support households through the loss of an entire month's earnings. Then it should hardly need saying, but police brutality on the poor must stop right away. And finally, any decisions on an extension of the lockdown should be driven by a focus on both social welfare and public health. After all, in this pandemic, they are related. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Anand Krishnamurthy. Tomorrow a new question.